from high heels to making deals, this is Pretty Politics. No power suits were harmed in the making of this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Pretty Politics Podcast. I am Kayla Blakesley, your radio programmer by day and podcaster by afternoon. Is it afternoon there right now? It is, so that's why I said that. I was going to say by night, but it's 2.30 in the afternoon here. Exactly. Hey guys, what's up? I'm Heather Gardner. I had to ask Kayla if it was afternoon there because if you're just listening for the first time to the Pretty Politics Podcast, we are not in the same location. I am actually three time zones away in Los Angeles. Angeles, California. Now that's what makes our podcast so unique. She is there. I am here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and this is where we talk the nitty gritty, the down and dirty Dems versus Republicans, but we do it without all the hate, or at least we try to. Well, the thing is, is that we hate each other in the moment, but we realize that we've been friends for years. We're continuing to be friends, even though our political opinions differ very, very much. Uh, but we're still friends at the end. And we just thought that that needed that conversation needed to take place among friends who have political differences. So that's why we created this podcast. We are so happy you're joining us. What are we talking about today, Kayla? And a brief side note, if you can't figure out which side we're on, just again, Heather's in California. <laughs> I'm in the Midwest. That should be all the clues that you need. Today, we're talking about the White House's response to Senator McCain's death. We're going to talk about fashion and not in the traditional sense, ladies. Sorry to disappoint you. And, well, I guess this is kind of fashion too. Serena Williams and what she's been sporting at the latest tennis tournaments. But first, I'm dying to hear what you think about Senator McCain and the White House response. As you all know, he died a couple of weeks ago. And in traditional form, the White House will lower their flag to half staff, as will several other government and federal buildings really across the nation. The White House did so. They lowered it as they should, followed proper protocol, and then went ahead and put the flag back up full staff instead of keeping it lowered until Senator McCain was buried. That's the quick recap. Right. Here's the problem. Most presidents in the past, yes, the proper protocol. Let's be clear. The president followed proper protocol. You have to leave it down for so many hours afterwards, and then you can raise it back up, which is exactly what he did. But presidents in the past have always kind of abandoned protocol and kept it lowered until burial. That is not what happened here. Mm -hmm. Well, I I think, well, we first need to take a moment and just, you know, John McCain was such an American hero. And as Kayla pointed out, I am a Democrat. I am a liberal. I live on the West Coast. Um, But even I can say that when it comes to honor, honorable people in our nation, I'm John McCain was one of those for me. And I know a lot of my friends here have had issues with him. And I I will say I did not always agree on his politics. But when you talk about someone who really represented this country the way that I think that it should be represented, that's John McCain to me. And so I really, really felt for him and his family um, when the diagnosis came out and then when he passed a couple weeks ago. Um, I just think we want to take a second to just honor him. Uh, The White House's response, I mean, to understand how it got this way. You have to go back to the election when President Donald Trump started this feud with John McCain over the fact that he made, he decided he wasn't a good enough war hero. Like, it, there's this long, ongoing feud. And then all through Donald Trump's presidency, when John McCain was still serving, um, you know, in Washington, he was one of the only members of the Republican Party who stood up to Donald Trump. Um, so there was this long-standing feud, and I think that's what many people 
took it as like Donald Trump couldn't let go of his issues, his personal issues with McCain when it came to the flag. And I think that's how people took it. That's how I took it. What did you think, Kayla? Well, I think there's two sides to this story, because, yes, absolutely. Everyone knows, I think, by now they weren't exactly BFFs. They weren't like you and I, even though, you know, they were technically on the same side of the aisle. But I think we all know they weren't quite seeing eye to eye on anything. But again, as I mentioned, technically, the president did follow protocol. It just doesn't look so classy because other presidents Mm -hmm. in the past, like I said, abandoned protocol, kept the flag at half staff until the burial and then moved on. What I don't understand is why he didn't just leave it that way, because now we've caused this huge uproar, media stink, he said, she said, back and forth kind of crap. I don't know what harm it would have done to just leave the flag Mm -hmm. at half staff. But to me, I guess the way I took it is... President Trump was just kind of being real because, again, we all know that they're not exactly BFFs. I mean, it was what back in May, I think it came out when, you know, Senator McCain was having all of his issues. He straight up said he didn't even want the president at his funeral. Exactly. So I don't know if the president was like, hey, here, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. That's it. I'm moving on. And if he viewed it that way, I guess that's how I perceived it at first. I didn't go too much deeper than that other than like, yeah, I know they don't like each other. I will say this because, you know, I'm a classy gal, Heather. (laughs) I don't think it was classy at all. Had I been the person in the White House, I would have left the flag at half staff for Pete's sake for a couple of more days. It wasn't hurting anybody. Donald Trump is nothing but consistent when it comes to his level of classiness. He doesn't have much of it, in my opinion. So he does lack in the class department, doesn't he? No, no. But I mean, we do. We are leaving out one also important detail that happened because, you know, John McCain did pass. And this whole controversy of the flag thing kind of came out directly after his death. But he wasn't buried for about another week. And as you did mention, Donald Trump was not invited to the funeral, which was definitely you um I don't I don't know if you want to call it unclassy. I mean, I respect the family's wishes and they did have issues. Um so the family decided and John McCain reportedly did not want President Trump at his funeral, although he did invite former President Bush and former President Obama. Um but they were not invited. The Trumps were not invited. However, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, her husband, showed up to the public funeral. Or I, actually, there was some there was some talk whether it was public or private, but they showed up uninvited and unannounced, and it caused a huge stir on social media over this past weekend when the funeral was happening because hello, you weren't invited, and you know what? I didn't know, I didn't know that like funerals had invitations. Like I, I was a little confused on this too, Kayla. Like if you knew that someone didn't want you at a funeral, would you show up? I mean, I don't, I don't know. This is uncharted territory. I've never really thought of this it's not like a wedding where you get a formal invitation i mean uh, there was there was truly a private funeral i thought it was a public funeral See, I thought so, too. And, of course, it was a two-day event. It happened, um, the first part of it happened on Friday, and we watched it while I was in the office at um, Yahoo. And then the second part of it happened on Saturday, and that's the service that Jared and Ivanka attended. And I I don't know, are, are funerals private or public? I guess I've never really a- attended one of, like, a, a notable person. I I don't know. I can tell you from personal experience, we just had a notable person within the Fort Wayne community recently pass away. That's right. And unless mm-hmm. the family states it's going to be private, then it is it is a public uh, a public gathering, whatever you're supposed to call it. It is a public event. I don't mm-hmm. know. Unless they state otherwise. Mm-hmm. Now, in this particular case, the family did state they didn't want any streaming or audio or video or anything like that. 
But that was it. I, I would say right. unless the family outwardly came out and said it is a private affair, I believe all funerals are public, especially in Senator McCain's position. I, I would He was a public servant, for Pete's sake. I would yeah. assume it was a public event. With that being said, right. to still have Jared and Melania attend, knowing full well the McCains did not, including John himself, did not want the president there. I still think they probably should have taken a step back, not attended. It really wasn't about them. And now the media thunderstorm is surrounding them instead of what it really should be focusing on. That's what I was going to say. And you said Melania, but it was actually Ivanka. Oh, Ivanka, I'm sorry. All yes. The time. yes, I do that all the time. Me too, because she's kind of assumed the role of the first lady. Let's be real here. So it does get a bit confusing. But I, I agree with you. Like, I don't know. I really have never come up with this, like, private versus public funeral situation in my own life. I didn't know there were rules. But just, just knowing who you are, I think Ivanka, on some level... I mean, I think she's definitely not self-aware all the time, but on some level, she has to know what her father, you know, what kind of relationship they had. She has to know, and she had to know that the media would pick up on that. And if she doesn't, I think she's pretty stupid. And also, it was really sad because I am one of those people who, like, goes on to Twitter and I see the trends and stuff. There was over 100,000 tweets about Ivanka and Jared being at that funeral when it really should have just been about the McCains and, you know, and, and Senator McCain's service. So... I just feel like, what are you doing? Like, do they do this on purpose? I don't know. I have a hard I guess time. I would have really liked to know their intentions. Right? Because for all we know, maybe they were, I don't know, maybe they revered him, looked up to him, which I'm sure everybody in that world does to an extent. Mm-hmm. I do to an extent. So there could have been some real true heartfelt, I want to go say my last goodbyes. I hope that was really the intent. Perception is reality, and it just came off not really looking that classy following the events of President Trump just days before. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if it were me, I would have just stayed as far away as possible, just out of respect. I mean, this isn't a time for feuds. I mean, they they lost a family member. We The country lost a serviceman. I mean, I just probably just would have stayed home. <laughs> From power skirts to power flirts, this is Pretty Politics, where your hosts, Kayla and Heather, are talking the lighter side of politics. This next story, I saw this story, and oh my gosh, my eyes just went to the back of my head immediately when I saw this story. And I'm sure, Heather, we are going to have very differing views and opinions on this. But to sum it up rather quickly, in Boston, just again, a couple of weeks ago, gun control advocates, I think they're called RAW, R-A-W, they held a back-to-school fashion show. But this particular back-to-school fashion show featured helmets and bulletproof vests and gas masks so kids could be fully prepared when hitting the books. Oh, good Lord. This reminds me of exactly what happened on Fox News recently in the last uh, couple of weeks where they too had like a little back to school segment. We see these all the time on local news, national news, the Today Show, those kinds of things. Oh, little fun things, back to school fashion. And they featured bulletproof backpacks. And gosh, the audio in this is just insane to me. It's like, oh, here's a backpack. It's bulletproof. It comes in black. It comes in gold. Your kid can bejazzle their bulletproof backpack. You can bedazzle them. 
No, it's like so it's so sad to me that we have come this far. But but what is your opinion on it? Because you said we were going to have differing opinions. I kind of hope we have the same opinion here, Kayla. Not going to lie. Oh, OK. Well, I know that you're all anti guns and well, everyone yes. knows, I think, by this point that I'm all pro guns. So, you know, from a gun point of view, that's what I'm saying. We'd be on very different sides of the runway. Gotcha. Maybe we're both on the same side on this one. I don't. I thought it was stupid. I straight up thought it was stupid. And talk about scaring your kids back to school. If I'm, go- I don't have kids, but if I did, I want them to feel safe and nurtured and loved. And hey, mm-hmm. you're going to go to an environment where it's going to foster you to grow and be the best you can be. Not having my little seven-year-old worrying about which by the way gas masks they're kind of scary when someone puts one on gas masks and a bulletproof vest that's spray painted with the words don't shoot and be dazzled you know that's like trying to put lipstick on a pig it's still a pig i just thought it was stupid and scary to be quite honest way more scary than our kids need well here's here's the thing and i i mean i have to clarify you kayla because i am that lip the liberal side of me right now it's eating me alive this is the side this is the liberal side of me that i don't particularly like and if you're just listening to the podcast for the first time i have to check my liberalness because i can get to snowflake status and we want to stay away from snowflake status <laughs> at least you're, but, least you're I, i'm self-aware exactly i'm self-aware i try i try really hard but i'm not anti-gun i am pro a little more gun regulation let's be real i don't want to abolish the the second amendment like some people um donald trump thinks of all liberals so anyway let me just clarify that i'm just i just think we need a little more regulation but no i agree with you i think this is scary but i think the point of the conversation and you know i don't know what the intention was behind this raw fashion show in boston that you're talking about but i would hope hope that it would be the intention would be like hey this is where we're at you know this is where we're at where we're talking about bejazzling bulletproof backpacks instead of talking about the real issue that our kids aren't safe at school that we're not safe at a movie theater that we're not safe playing video games at a bar at you know in a lo- my local town that happened in my local hometown like we're not safe anywhere and I think you know to say that it's stupid I agree with you it is stupid but I want to take a step back and realize like but this is where we are you know how I've, I've always felt this way and this is truly whatever side of the runway you are on i don't believe in these like public displays of what i'm going to call them awareness people pick their cause of the month they go and have their their pickets they go and have their fashion shows their knees whatever they might do and hide behind this word awareness oh i'm bringing awareness to whatever issue it may be Screw you. We all know that gun control is an issue. It already has a plethora of awareness. Uh, Manuel Oliver, I don't know if you remember who he is, but he's the father of one of the victims from the February massacre at Parkland in Florida at the high school. He said the event, and this is I'm quoting now, the event was meant to show in very graphic terms how dangerous sending children to school has become. I don't disagree. Okay. Do you disagree with that? Yeah, but it's just as dangerous to go to a church well, or the yes, grocery store. Absolutely. I mean, you could, you could, it's just as dangerous to get behind the wheel of your vehicle. Right. Come on. We but all I know think, that you could get shot walking out the front door of your home. 
Correct. But I think I think in terms of like school, it's it's the law to attend school or at least have some sort of education. And let's be real. Not every parent can, you know, leave their job to homeschool their kids. That's just not the world we live in anymore. Whereas like you do have a choice not to go to the movie theaters. You do have a choice not to get behind a car. You do have a choice not to go to a bar. But like our kids don't have a choice. They have to go to school. And that's that's where I'm at right now. It is it is extremely dangerous. It gives me anxiety and I don't even have to. So do you want to scare your children? children before they go to school i don't want to scare my children but if i had children i would 100 percent like i would walk them through the school be like here are your exits like absolutely and i i hate i hate i hate that we have come that well, far that's different knowing a proper lockout routine yeah, but also i mean if i had a kid i might i might send them to school with a bulletproof vest because that's just the world that we live in i hate it and i wish the conversation would be about you are not serious so do you want your kid to not want to step out the front door and go to school or to the mall or to the movies or wherever and without a bulletproof vest because do you really want to scare them that bad that they feel like they can't step out the front door i don't door? think of it as scaring it i think of that as being prepared for the realities of the world that we live in and the reality is is that more than nine thousand people in this country have died in shootings since the beginning of 2018 and I wouldn't want my kid to be one of those 9,000 so I would do everything I could to protect them even even going to those lengths exactly we need to protect our kids and shower them with safety and love and security and nurture them not scare them into the next 12 years of their lives in school a bulletproof backpack even though it's scary it's also a way of safety as well Listen, I wish the conversation would shift. I wish we were talking about comprehensive gun legislation because Donald Trump, we had the mass shooting. We had a mass shooting in Jacksonville, Florida, my hometown. Since that mass shooting just last week, we had another mass shooting in San Bernardino. Ten people were shot at an apartment complex and Donald Trump hasn't said a word about either of them. So I wish we were having a different conversation. I wish the administration could let us have that conversation, but we're not. So, and it's- You're right. Instead of talking about real legislation, we're talking about putting jewels on the back of a bulletproof backpack. Yeah. I think it's sad. But what? Do you, but my alternative, see, here's the thing that I'm not getting. My alternative is like, let's shift the conversation to preventing our kids from having to wear this stuff. But I don't understand what your solution is. Just ignore it altogether. Please, enlighten me, please. I don't think anybody has a silver bullet solution. Otherwise, I feel like that would have been done by now. Yeah. I think it, talk, it comes down to who you're voting for and who you are putting in office. I don't think it comes down to you painting some stupid sign or spray painting on a t-shirt. I hate guns. No more guns. Mm. That, that does nothing. That absolutely does nothing. To me, quite frankly, you just look like an idiot. No matter what side of the aisle you're on. Abortion, anti-abortion, I'm not holding a sign for either one. Guns, same difference. I'm not doing it. So I also want to be clear about that. I don't believe in this stuff on either side of the aisle. You don't believe in protesting. I really don't. I'm not a fan of protesting. And, and I've, I've told you this before, Heather. I've tried to come up with something that I feel like I would protest for. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. The second it does, you can tell me to eat my words. You know? But it hasn't happened for me protesting yet. Protesting... I have participated in several since Donald Trump has been elected. And I will be, I'll be honest, I had never participated in any leading up to that, but I just felt like this is the time that we're in. Um, as far as it's getting done, I don't know, you know? And I don't know that we should just be silent and be disengaged because I think that's a part of the problem too. But let me just say, like... I don't think anyone's asking you to be silent no, no, no. or disengaged. Oh, I know, but I'm just but saying... I'm just, I'm, you don't need to go put on your pussy hat to stake a claim in the conversation. Well, I'm just, I mean, but that's some people's way of doing it. It was my way of doing it too. But again, like... 
it's 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 very difficult and very frustrating for me and i'm sure a lot of other people as well to just only be able to make a difference once every other year when we turn our votes and that's only one thing to do like i think educating people is a huge huge way to get people to vote for the right things for our society and the only way to educate sometimes is to protest you I mean you could have one-on-one -on -one conversations that's great but think about how many you can educate if you have a protest that's i'm not saying that it's the be all so to you end show all. me an educational protest and i will be the first person to attend that one because nine i don't know if those even exist i have yet to see an educational protest um, first of all history has shown us in the united states that protests have caused a lot of good like the vietnam war protests i mean that those were good things in our society civil rights protests those uh, those were good changes in our society we're not there yet with the gun control issue or with you know the women's march we're not there yet we'll see in november i mean i think november will be a good indication of whether or not all of these protests work i'm hoping it did but we don't know yet but history has shown us in this country that protests have worked okay so all of the legislation where we are today you are <laughs> contributing to protesting got it let's have this conversation again in november though because no no i'm serious let's have this conversation again after the election in november it's midterms let's see because i mean let's be real protests are usually put on by liberals by democrats and if there's a big blue wave like a lot of people think there might be then i would say that it got their point across I can't say for sure just yet, and I'm... Let me just make sure we get this straight, and we are recording here, folks, because this is a podcast. Okay. If there is okay. a big blue wave come midterms, okay, in November, you're mm -hmm. going to believe mm -hmm. that happened because of the protests. I'm going to believe that it happened somewhat because of the protests, not solely, absolutely not, but somewhat, absolutely. Okay. Well, I can't wait till November. People... But people... Well, just people getting engaged. It doesn't have to be some massive march that happens down in Washington, but just people in general just being engaged in what's happening in their society. I don't think that's a bad thing, and I do think that it could take effect come November. I may be eating my words, and I will proudly do it with a big spoon, Kayla. You can watch if it doesn't happen, but I will attribute. Ooh, I can't wait. I will. <laughs> can we videotape it and post it on our Facebook page? Me eating words? Gonna, are you, wait, are we going to like write words on a paper and I have to like eat them with a spoon is that what's gonna happen here <laughs> sure i think it might get a lot of okay. views I, i'm okay with it it might bring awareness to this topic of conversation <laughs> i'm just saying i don't think people being engaged in our society is a bad thing and we'll see we'll see what happens during the midterms that's the only way to really know because that's the only way that we truly truly can get some change in this country is to vote but i think that the protesting leading up to those votes I think it could help, and we'll see. We'll see. You're aware of the duck boat incident, right? That happened in Missouri. Yes. Oh, that was so so tragic. Yes. Uh, totally tragic. Unbelievable that it happened. For those of you who don't know, long story short, a duck boat basically capsized. It was not uh, following proper protocol in this. Uh, was it requirements? Whatever. Um, and killed. I don't remember how many people on board, but several people died. The mom of a couple of kids that died and she's also like the sister and the aunt because it was like a family that went on this dug boat nine nine people in her family passed away nine people okay see there there we go this mom she's from carmel indiana she's from our neck of the woods my neck of the woods and she's actually went to her senators and her congressmen to get legislation she started a petition for everyone to sign it they need so many signatures she's following all the rules whatever 
to, to empower legislation to either ban duck boats and or be sure that they all go through kind of like what roller coasters is how it, if you break, if you read it all, all the same kind of requirements and things like that, that like roller coasters do for these duck boats. To me, she's yeah, not right. standing outside of the courthouse, the sign that says duck boats kill people. She's actually doing something, which to me, what a concept. But that's just kind of proven my point of the difference between holding a sign that's spray painted with something scary on it versus actually doing something. A lot goes on behind the scenes that's not just people holding signs. There's actually work being done. And the March for Our Lives, I thought this was rather sad and ironic, but the March for Our Lives didn't just take place in March. They've actually held multiple, multiple rallies across the United States since February. In fact, one happened at the Jacksonville Landing at the site of, well, it was the most recent American mass shooting, but now it's the second most recent because only in a week's time, another one is happened um they actually had an event just two i think three weeks before a mass shooting happened in that location so it's not just i mean you don't hear about those things because they don't get the national news but but people are actually doing work and taking actions other than just holding well maybe next time you and i are together which is very not frequent We'll have to find a protest. I don't care what it's for. <laughs> and I will have to attend. So, because you're right, I haven't attended one. So, I'm not very qualified to pass judgment on them. I'm still going to pass judgment on them, of course. Uh huh. Look at you admitting something. You have grown so much. I'm so proud. <laughs> so, we're still talking fashion. The good news is that. As we move along here, Serena Williams. What a great story. Actually, you're way more educated on this story than I am, so why don't you take it away? (laughs) Because I love it so, so much, and this is just a classic case of sexism and a classic case of the middle finger. I don't care what you think coming from one of the most powerful women in the sports industry, and it's Serena Williams. Can we just say she's a badass, by the way? Love me some Serena Williams. Yes, she is. All right, love me some Serena Williams. So what she did, a little background, she is now a working mother. About a year ago, she had her first child, a daughter, and um, she's been very open about the complications she had with her pregnancy and also the birth. In fact, it was very scary. She almost lost her life. And forgive me, I don't know the exact diagnosis that she had, but it had to do with blood clots. Um, And everyone knows her comeback story. She almost won this giant tournament um, just only 10 months after giving birth, which oh my gosh, like I can't even imagine. Like this woman is, she's literally like superwoman, legit. Gal Gadot has nothing on her. She is amazing. But she went to the French Open. Preach, girl, preach. Something we can agree on. Seriously. Um, She went to the French Open just this past week, and she wore a bodysuit. Now, it wasn't just for fashion, although I will say she looked amazing. This girl's got some muscles. She wore this full bodysuit. It was like one shoulder. Oh, she looked amazing. Red little red stripe. However, it wasn't just for fashion. She actually wore it because it was a compression suit, which again helps blood circulation. And so she was doing it for medical reasons. Well, those little white men at the French Open wanted to ban her from wearing a suit that would, I don't know, um, save her life because it didn't follow the dress code protocol. And they said that she needs to respect the game. Um, Okay. Okay. <laughs> you did a great job <laughs> telling that story. I get so, I'm so, I was so angry for her. I was. You know, I'm kind of a rule follower. Always have been. I do believe in a dress code. Like, I understand that. I'm a golfer. 
Um, and on certain courses, you have to wear pants, certain mm-hmm. courses, you have to tuck in your shirt. You always have to almost always have to have a collar and shirt. And that's just the rules. If I show up to a golf course with a t-shirt instead of a collared shirt, they're not going to let me on the course. So a part of me gets it on one hand. I get it. Like this has been the dress code for how long this is the way it is. Serena knows. It. In fact, she was actually really kind to the French dude mm-hmm. and had a really genuine, nice conversation with him. Okay. No problem. Blah, blah, blah. And if you, I don't know if you to take the step, the story one step further, she kept kind of the bodysuit. She just threw a tutu over top of it, which is hilarious and brilliant, by the way. So she still (laughs) followed dress code and still was able to kind of wear her bodysuit thing. On the other hand, when it comes to medical reasons, I mean, hello, you dumb French moron. And I love French. I love French culture. I speak French. I love everything about it. But this is stupid. I mean, when it comes to medical reasons, if girlfriend needs to wear a bodysuit for a couple of matches, you let her wear a freaking bodysuit. Oh, it was just to me, it was just like the most erroneous display of sexism because let's just be real men don't have to deal with childbirth they don't have to deal with these standards of fashion nearly as much as women why are you gonna take it there yes i am gonna take it there absolutely absolutely because um again like a man walks out wearing a compression pants they would probably just call him strong and efficient in trying to you know protect his legs or whatever it was but a woman they get put on so many more standards than men do when it comes to fashion when it comes to pretty much everything not to mention that she's a working mom you know so i just i just 100 thought this was sexist i don't think this has anything to do with male or female first of all it's the french if anything they know it is fashion okay if they know anything it's clothes second of all these are like old school deeply rooted rules just like golf and so to me i just, i think it just brings up hey maybe we need to change our rules a little bit and move you know mm-hmm. move some circumstances around for certain things medical being one of that's all it screams to me is hey we might want to look over our dress code so i don't think it is a male or female thing i think if a dude walked out there wearing a full-on compression bodysuit Mr. Whatever his name is named Bernard. Um, I think Bernard would have an issue with it still too. I think it has nothing to do with male, female. I think it's truly a dress code. They're the French. They're very strict. That's the way they are. That's what the problem really was. She broke the rules. I mean, technically she broke the rules. And quite frankly, they could have disqualified her and they didn't. Oh my gosh. If you want to talk about some protesting, I would have flown to France and I would have protested that woman's right to protect her legs and not die while she's playing the sport that she has dedicated her whole life to. I would have been there with a sign. Can we just talk about, though, how classy she did handle it and didn't make a little picket sign and spray paint it on it? I mean, she went, but she found a loophole. And I think it's brilliant. And I do think it's a big old F you dudes who have no idea what it's like to bear children. I will give you that these are the rules and whatever. But the reason that I think it's sexist, again, like with the standards of women and whatever, is just because these, again, white men, these white French dudes who are stuck in whatever mind they're stuck in, couldn't get over the fact that it was like a medical necessity. This wasn't just a woman who just wanted to do something different and make some headlines. Like this was a medical condition that she had. And still their first response was, eh, no. No, 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 no. I think it could have been a dude. You don't know that. It just so happened to happen to a woman. This is this is typical with any kind of sexism story. I'm like, whatever. It happens to be a woman, so that's the card you play. Yeah, well, I mean, we will not know. I don't think you can call the sexism card until a man comes out breaking the dress code and they don't do anything about it. Then you can 110%. In fact, I will play the card for you. <laughs> 
I just think I but here's but here's the problem and I know that like we like to have these comparisons these cut and dry comparisons and those are really great um, to go back to but I just think that in general and we talked about this on the last podcast that we've we did about how like women's women's bodies are kind of a mystery in the medical world because we don't research them enough and that's I think that's the point here is that this doesn't happen all that often to men but that happens to a woman and then that's where I think it is because people don't think about women's bodies in the way that they think about men's bodies and that's why it's coming up now it's just and the sexist thing about it is is that we've never thought about it you know we've we've never considered this before we've never considered that a a mother might play at this level of competition you know we've never considered those kinds of things and that's like the systematic sexism that i'm referring to Okay, I still don't think it's fair to play that card yet. (laughs) And I still think you went into quite the long explanation that's like, I think it's a stretch. And you had to use quite a lot of words to connect those dots. But we will wait and see if it happens, because I'm telling you it happens all the time in golf. Most golfers are men. They step on the course. They're not dressed right. See you later, sucker. Luckily, luckily, this is this is not a super serious story. And luckily, we're at the end of the day, we're both just like, man, Serena Williams is a bad ass. <laughs> luckily, we get to wrap up still talking about fashion because we're headed to some news and shoes. Yes. It's news and shoes. Kayla and Heather select the appropriate footwear for the top three news stories of the day. All right, let's skip. We're not going to do the Senator McCain story because the guy died. I don't think we need to talk about footwear for him. So let's just do our two fashion stories. What shoes are you wearing for the gun control fashion show? Well, if it was going to be protecting my children and putting my children's lives above any criticism, I would get them the latest bulletproof sneakers, which seems irrelevant and seems erroneous and seems ridiculous, but I would do it. I would do it. Okay. I'm going to do the exact opposite. Okay. And I'm going to give my kid, do you remember the sneakers that lit up when you ran on them, like walked on them and they'd light up the light up tennis shoes? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm wearing those because I want my kids right. to be excited and happy and not scared to go back to school so they can trot right in there with their little light up shoes. But Kayla, if they were running from a gunman, they would not be able to hide because their shoes would light up. Hopefully their shoes would blind the gunman and the shoes would save uh... the day. I don't think that would happen. We need to move on. (laughs) What shoes are you wearing for Serena Williams? Giving a big old screw you to Bernard. It's been dubbed the cat suit, the Serena Williams compression cat suit. And so I know she was wearing tennis shoes because that's her sport, but I would just put to match it the tallest most expensive, most fabulous looking Louis Vuitton heel possible with that red stripe in the back to match that red stripe in that cat suit. And damn, she looks fabulous. And just like walk onto that court with her little snapping fingers going, mm, mm, mm. Yay. She did. She, if you have not Googled Serena Williams in the cat suit, you need to do it because she looked like Ugh. a million bucks. She On that so token, good. the whole cat suit premise, I'm following that, except. I'm going for the whole super woman hero vibe. So I'm going to grab Wonder Woman's boots and put them on for this particular story because I'm like, she's a superhero goddess to me. So slide on Wonder Woman's boots. Those are what I am wearing. This is the Pretty Politics Podcast. You can find previous episodes and all of our news and shoes segments that we end every episode with at theprettypoliticspodcast.com. Heather, we have social media stuff everywhere. 
Oh, yes, we do. And if you follow us, you might catch It's Not So Rare. In fact, you probably will catch a little argument on social media between me and Kayla. It happens quite <laughs> frequently. <laughs> but it's always wildly entertaining and, dare I say, educational for whatever side of the aisle you are on. You can find us on Facebook at The Pretty Politics Podcast. You could find us on Instagram at Pretty, I think it's underscore podcast. Is that right? Boy, I can oh tell you do our social media really often. <laughs> uh yeah okay and you can find me at heather gtv kayla is kh blakesley that's on twitter and on instagram you guys follow us everywhere and make sure you download our podcast anywhere you get a podcast including but not limited to itunes audio boom stitcher and soundcloud yeah good job this is the pretty politics podcast from the cornfields of Indiana to the congested highways of L.A., thank you for listening to Pretty Politics with your hosts, Kayla and Heather. 